Welcome to the Word Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Word Podcast, Episode 6. Episode 6 is a talking donkey. (laughs) Yeah, how many of you out there knew the story of the talking donkey in the Bible? It's not one that I had really ever heard of till I started reading my Bible. Um, yeah, the story of Balaam and his amazing talking donkey. Before we get started, we're going to do our normal prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you for the right words in recording this podcast. We ask that it finds the right ears, the right hearts, the right minds. I pray that people continue to listen to this podcast and Find interest in your word, find interest in you, and come to love you as I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the talking donkey. This story is found in Numbers, so we're going into the Old Testament for the first time on this podcast as as a topic. I think we've touched on different parts of scripture in the Old Testament before. But this one deals with a story that takes place completely in the Old Testament. We will do some referencing to some New Testament stuff, but we'll get to there when we get there. So let's start with a little a little background here. And I'm going to do this quickly just to provide a little bit of understanding as to where we're at. So at this time, the Jews have been led out of Egypt by Moses. And now God's chosen people, the Israelites, were wandering the desert. And the people complained constantly. They complained to Moses that they have no food. Then God provides manna from heaven for them to eat. Then the people complain they have no water. And Moses even loses his way here and disobeys God when he provides water for the people in a way that makes Moses look good and does not glorify God the way he was supposed to. This ultimately seals Moses's fate, as God says, because you did not believe in me and failed to show me as holy, you don't get to enter the promised land. So the Jews continue in the wilderness, still complaining, still wandering, and they pass close to the king of Arad's land in the Negeb by the way of Atharium. The king doesn't like the Israelites, so he attacks them, but God's people destroy them with the aid of God. Then the people are being constantly bitten by snakes and the Jews are dying in great numbers in the wilderness. God tells Moses to make a bronze serpent for them to look at and raise it up high on a pole and everyone who looks at it and is bitten will live. Then they continue to travel through the wilderness and they want to pass through uh, a piece of land, and there's a king there, King Sihon, king of the Amorites. They ask if they could pass peacefully through his land. The king says, not a chance, and tries to kill all of the Israelites. But the Israelites fight back and defeat all of them, uh, wipe them out completely, so much so that they now settle into the cities of the Amorites, which they just destroyed. So that's where we're at. Now we come to the start of the talking donkey. 
that was a quick recap to bring us to where we are in Numbers chapter 22. The people of Israel camped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho. The king of Moab, a man named Balak, 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 let's call him Balak, B-A-L-A-K, Balak, was very concerned about what had happened to the Amorites. He had seen the Israelites completely wipe out the Amorites when they attacked them. And the Bible tells us that Balak was overcome with fear of the people of Israel. Balak had seen the failure of the Amorites' attempt to kill the Israelites, so Balak spoke with his elders, trying to figure out how he's going to solve his Israelite problem. And he decided that the solution would be solved by cursing them. And Balaam, a diviner, a prophet, was apparently the man for the job. He was something of a prophet, and he must have done some fantastic things to have the reputation that he did for being able to curse people. We don't know a ton about Balaam. This is the first time we get to meet him here, and King Balak already says, let's call for him. He's the first guy King Balak thinks about when trying to decide how to best drive out the Israelites. So King Balak wants to get a hold of Balaam. He sends messengers to Balaam, the son of Pathor. That's how Balaam is introduced. Balaam, the son of Beor at Pathor, saying, this is the messengers saying to Balak, behold, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and they are dwelling opposite me. Come now, curse this people for me, since they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them from the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. And that quote is from Numbers 22, verses 5 and 6. The elders show up at Balaam's home and give him that message from the king Balak. Balaam tells them that they must lodge at his place, spend the night at his place, and he's going to speak to the Lord. He's a prophet. He'll have an answer for them in the morning. Balaam talks with God, tells God that there's messengers here, and tells God what the messengers want him to do. These messengers are saying, come with us to go and curse the Israelites. And God replies, and you find his reply in Numbers 22.12, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So in the morning, Balaam tells the messengers, God says no, and sends them back alone. So the elders get back to King Balak and say he wouldn't come with us. God said he couldn't. Balak doesn't like being told no. He's a king. So he sends even more messengers, which are even more honorable than the men he sent the first time. And he sends them with even more treasure to kind of persuade Balaam with. The messengers go to Balaam and say, we can't take no for an answer. 
they exactly say, let nothing hinder you from coming. They offer Balaam a house full of silver and gold. But Balaam says, like, I, I just can't go against God's wishes. But Balaam sees all this treasure that they're offering. And even though he knows God has already told him no, he says, uh, but if you will all spend the night, I'll see what else God's, God has to say about me. Just just hang on till morning. I'm going to go talk to God again. And that night, God came to Balaam and said to him, if the men have come to call you, rise, go with them, but only do what I tell you to do. So Balaam rose in the morning. Now that he's got the answer he kind of wanted, he can chase after that house of gold and silver. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab, the messengers, the elders. The Bible calls them the princes of Moab in a few places. And this is where the story gets really fantastic. So Balaam is riding along, and Scripture tells us that the angel of the Lord stood in the way of Balaam on the road. And the donkey saw the angel with a sword in his hand. Balaam doesn't see the angel, but the donkey does. And the angel with a sword is blocking his path. And as we've seen multiple times in the Bible, when an angel appears, the person's reaction to seeing this angel is almost always fear. An angel almost always says, fear not. But the donkey sees the angel. Balaam doesn't. And the donkey does not want to go near this angel, so the donkey turns off the road and starts walking into a field. This made Balaam very angry, and he strikes his donkey. The Bible says he struck the donkey to get him back on the road. Then they continued on and traveled through a vineyard with a wall on each side. Again, the angel appears in front, again, only visible to the donkey, sword in hand. And now the donkey can't veer off the road into a field, but the donkey tries to turn away. And it says Balaam's foot was crushed up against the wall, angering Balaam. So again, he strikes his donkey out of anger. Now we read that the angel goes way up ahead to a very, very narrow part of the road where there is no possible place to turn away. And when the angel gets into this narrow place, he sees the angel again. And now the donkey knows he's got nowhere to turn. So she lays down under Balaam rather than go forward towards the angel. She lays down. And we are told that Balaam begins to beat his donkey with his staff. And then this is the cool part. <laughs> then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and the donkey said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me three times? To which Balaam replies, Because you have made a fool of me. I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I would kill you. And the donkey says, Am I not your donkey, on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And Balaam says no. Presumably in some amount of shame 
this donkey's been with him his whole life, never done anything wrong. And so Balaam says, no, you've never done this before. Now the Lord opens Balaam's eyes. And for the first time, he sees the angel. And he most definitely sees the sword in the angel's hand. And the angel tells Balaam that his way is perverse. And the angel goes on to say that he surely would have killed Balaam if it wasn't for the donkey turning away. Basically saying, this donkey has saved your life. I was going to kill you, but the donkey kept turning away. And Balaam instantly falls down and asks, for, asks the angel for forgiveness and said he would turn back if that's what God wants. But the angel said, continue on to Balak, but speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam gets back on his donkey, makes his way to King Balak. And Balak is very happy and excited seeing Balaam ride in on the donkey. He knows that the Israelites are about to be cursed the way he wants. Then we go on to read how he builds, Balaam builds seven altars. He prepares seven bulls, seven rams on each altar. And this is the moment King Balak's been waiting for, right? This is, this, here comes the cursing, curse those Israelites. And Balaam opens his mouth and proceeds to speak a magnificent blessing on the people of Israel. The angel had given him the words to speak and he does it here. He opens his mouth and says what the angel told him to say, which turns out to be an incredible blessing for the Israelites. King Balak naturally is furious. He can't believe he went through all this trouble, builds the altars, summons the rams and the bulls and does all the sacrifices. And when the moment finally comes, he's rubbing his hands together so excited and he hears a blessing go out to the Israelites. Balak starts to get upset with Balaam, asking him, why? Why have you done this? To which Balaam replies, which is an excellent reply. So let's let's just picture King Balak's face for a moment. How excited he was to see the prophet Balaam show up, the altars prepared, the rams sacrificed, the bulls sacrificed, the burnt offerings offered up. And just as he's about to issue this, this is going to be the greatest curse I've ever heard in my life. I can't wait to hear it. And he hears a blessing, a blessing go out to the people. And he finally says to Balaam, why? Why? To which Balaam perfectly replies, must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? How magnificent is the way God works? How incredible. A talking donkey, an angel of the Lord. The Israelites were again about to be cursed and ultimately destroyed. And God turns the tables once more and they get a blessing. A magnificent blessing. So what on earth do we learn from this story? That's always my question. I read something, it's a fantastic story, but why is it in the Bible? What do we learn? Was Balaam a good man? No, not really. I think at first he was. He obeyed God at first. When the elders first came to his home, he spoke with God and God quite clearly said no. 
and he told the messengers, God says, no, I'm not coming to curse them. But the second time around, the second time around, now we've, we're now we're talking about a house filled with silver and gold. And that gets into Balaam's mind. I could have a house full of silver and gold, but God already told me no. He knows God's answer was no, but the greed, the greed of having all that gold and silver gets him to go ask God again, basically. Kind of like when, when you're a kid and you ask one of your parents' permission to do something and one says no, then you go ask the other parent hoping they'll say yes. That's kind of what Balaam's doing here. So greed, greed and the consequences of greed are presented for us here as a lesson. And not only a lesson for us, a lesson for people that came to follow Christ after his death and resurrection. This greed is pointed out in 2 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. I'll read it here. Forsaking the right way, they have followed the way of Balaam, who loved to gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression a speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. <laughs> Sin always carries consequence. A lesson, a lesson in the Old Testament that was important enough for Peter to reference in his second letter. Another important lesson from the story of the talking donkey is is from the compromise that we see Balaam make. Balaam had his answer from God. Quite clearly, he had his answer from God. A big no the first time. Those people are blessed. Do not curse them. God was very clear. And at that time, Balaam was okay with God's answer of no. He told them no, and it was no. But it's only when the promise of treasures were greatly increased now Balaam begins to compromise his morals, compromise his will to obey God, so much so that he really wants to go. And you almost picture God, the second time Balaam goes to God for permission, as if God just saying, you want to do it, do it, see what happens. Do we do that as Christians today? I'd say so. I do. I'm a sinner. Do I make compromises? For sure. Have followers of God always made compromises? Well, in the letter of Jude, verse 11, we read, Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. This part of Jude's letter is where he's calling out false teachers, but it's applicable to all of us who compromise our faith, Compromise our morals for, I don't know, monetary gain, social status, simply trying not to offend our friends. There's no compromising with God's will. We either obey or we don't. We learn from, we learn this from a talking donkey, that, it, that it's always best to do things God's way. Balaam started off okay. He obeyed God but got swayed pretty easily once gold and silver got introduced into the equation. 
We also see from this talking donkey that God will use whatever means necessary to show us what he wants us to do, whether it's a burning bush or a talking donkey. There's no limit to what God can do. There's no limit to what God will do if he wants to get a message across. Royalty, a king, king, a king wanted Balaam to curse the Israelites. God quite clearly said, don't do it. So who do you listen to? Who did Balaam listen to? Do we see ourselves in Balaam's shoes? Do our friends tell us to do things? Do our bosses, do our teachers, do our parents, do we do things and later think, or maybe even at the time think, well, it's maybe this isn't the best thing I should be doing, but I, man, I mean, I just have to, what am I going to do? Listen to God first. No matter what's offered, promised, threatened, and this is very easy to say, not always easy to practice, but we must obey God first. We must obey God first. And that's the lesson. That's, that's the takeaway for me. What I got out of the talking donkey story is obey God. If God tells you to do something, do it. Do your part to fulfill his will. Not our own. And again, I don't want to come across preachy. I fought with God my whole life until I finally gave in and became a believer. It's not easy. It's not. But it's something we have to do. We have to fulfill his will. If we know it to be true that apart from him, I can do nothing, then why do we try to make it on our own? Let's give ourselves to him completely, without complaint, without regret, without hesitation. Amen to that. God's will will be fulfilled. Let's do our part. So scriptures referenced today were uh, Numbers 22. The entire thing, uh, read all of Numbers 22 if you're interested in the story of uh, Balaam and the talking donkey. Numbers 22 verse 28, that's the verse where the donkey actually first opens his mouth and speaks. We mentioned 2 Peter Chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, where Peter references the story of Balaam and the talking donkey, and Jude, verse 11 as well. Uh, Jude is only one chapter, that's why I'm not including a chapter there, but it's verse 11 in Jude. Okay, well, let's generate a random Bible verse on my little app on my phone here and see if it speaks to anybody. Okay, here we go. Pushing the button and it is from 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. All right. Good stuff. We will close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Balaam and his talking donkey. All things are possible through you. 
There was nothing too fantastic or inconceivable for you to conceive of and do, speak into existence. We thank you for the lessons you continually teach us. We thank you for your love. And most of all, we thank you for the Bible so that we can learn to love you as best we can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So thank you for listening to episode six. Uh, it's the first time we've jumped into the Old Testament. We'll do a bunch more again. The Bible has, uh, boy, so many things I want to learn more about. And again, I this podcast, I learned so much doing the research for this stuff. I have so much fun doing it. I really hope someone gets something out of me recording it. But anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, podcasters always say if you enjoyed this episode of this podcast, please follow on Spotify or subscribe or like and share it with a friend. And I'll close today with the final line from... Well, we were in 2 Peter today. Let's close with the closing line from 2 Peter. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.